Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only sea shanty podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the tenor one to my double bass. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. I can also be an alto two on some days, so just <laughs> I'm just saying I'm flexible. I can do alto two all the way down to bass if I need to. But yeah, I, think I am we, all about the sea I'm, shanties lately. <laughs> I, I'm loving myself some sea shanties. My wife is, my whole household is addicted to TikToks, um, you know, like most houses at this point. And I asked her tonight, I was like, have you got on a sea shanty TikTok yet? And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so um, clearly, clearly we're we doing TikTok to... better than her then. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mentioned it near her phone. So I bet you she gets on sea <laughs> shanty TikTok soon because we are being listened to uh, and monitored by Big Brother at all times. Um yeah. So look, I've thought about this a lot. Uh, you told me you are a very, you are a very good singer. I would describe myself as, um, average to slightly below average, but can carry a tune. So I think if, and when we start a band, um, you, you have to sing all the difficult parts and I will sing the <laughs> not difficult parts. So whatever, whatever part that ends up being in any song, whether it's a, a punk pop cover band, which we've talked about a lot or uh, a sea shanty cover band. Um, I just, whether I am featured or not, I think it just depends on does the song call for actual good singing in this part or not? You know what I mean? So just, just be ready. You gotta, you gotta fill all the, uh, the various There's plenty gaps of bands that have guys that have no business singing, but that end up singing a whole lot. So sure. looking at you, Blink-182, sure. lo- love you guys, <laughs> but some of y'all are not good singers. So anyway. Well, it's good. I'll, I'll fit, I'll fit right in. It'll be awesome. Um, we're not here to talk about sea shanties. Um, a little inside baseball before I introduce our special guests. Yesterday I was very grouchy and... I actually have work to do right now and I haven't had like real work to do for, for months. And that's part of the grouchiness. I I'm sure, but I almost texted you to, well, we, we kind of did dance around the sub, the idea of like, can we just, can we skip one week? I'm, I'm freaking tired and I got a lot going on. Can we just, I don't want to get on here and talk about COVID for an hour. It's just, I'm, I'm beaten by all this. I don't want to do this. And then, uh, got up this morning. I kind of said to myself, well, we'll see how I feel on Wednesday. Got up this morning and pretty much, pretty much by the time that I like started working, got everything going and stuff, it was like, oh, so this, this hardened trade is going to happen today. So to be fair, you uh, also woke up like at 11 this morning. So the, the world was already halfway through the day when you actually woke uh, up. So. <laughs> don't, don't give away my secrets <laughs> on the air. Um, it's not 11. It's like 930. Uh, yeah. So look, we, we, it is the NBA. So we have stuff to talk about and mm. I, I don't know, maybe at the end we'll talk about COVID protocols, but I just don't want to, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. I'm super, super tired. And fortunately the NBA has given us stuff to talk about. Uh, in case you don't know, there was a gigantic blockbuster trade and a, I mean, it's a real blockbuster trade. Not like when we try to convince ourselves that I don't know, uh, Zubach going from the Lakers to the Clippers is a blockbuster or something like this is a real legitimate blockbuster trade. Uh, and it involves the Houston Rockets, the Brooklyn Nets, and then a couple other teams as side parts of this whole deal. Uh, Tobin, in a second, I want you to break down the trade for us. But before we do that, we need to bring in our official Brooklyn Nets correspondent from NBAsians. It's Ariel Rada. Ariel, how's it going, dude? What's up, guys? I am in a glass case of emotion today. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first of all, before we get into that, what part of the sea shanty do you want? That's that's a, that's very important. We need to establish what what part you're singing. 
Uh, I am not on Sea Shanty TikTok, um, <laughs> but uh, I okay, am a well. decent singer, and I can go from. Uh, okay. Uh, I can, you know, I I can carry a tune, tenor, bass. I'm okay, you know. Okay. All right. I'm I'm getting outnumbered on this show quite quickly. Uh, with actually talented people, that's that's not fun. <laughs> um. All right, dude. You, Tobin, can you can you have the trade I pulled do, up? Actually, I, yeah. Can you can you give us the details? Okay. Give us the details of the trade, and then we're turning it over to you, Ariel. We're just gonna follow your lead for the next few minutes as we. I don't know, go through Brooklyn Nets therapy with you or something. Now, I'm sure there were inner workings of like, you know, Levert went to the Rockets, then Rockets went to Eladipo, but instead I'm going to tell you just who went where because it's easier that way. I so like that. for the yeah. Nets, they got James Harden, and that's it. Uh, the Cavaliers got Torian Prince and Josh Allen from the Nets. Jared, the, Jared Allen. Sorry, Jared Allen, my bad. I was still on football from it. Buffalo yeah. Bills quarterback is also probably yeah, better than he did so well this year. He's gonna go <laughs> both sports now. Yeah. Uh the Rockets got uh Oladipo and Dante Exum uh from the pa- Pacers and Cavaliers. And then I don't even know how to say his name, but Kurooks. Kurooks. Kurooks from the Nets. And then they have a 2022, 2024, and a 2026 first rounder from the Nets and a 2022 first rounder from the Cavaliers, which is actually via Milwaukee. And then a whole bunch of pick swaps, which we'll talk about, I'm sure later. And then the Pacers got Karis Levert from the Nets as well. So quite a lot, Ariel. What do you think as a resident Nets fan? Uh, Gosh. Um, If this exact trade was enacted in November... Um, I, I, I would uh, hate James Harden more. I would hate Kyrie <laughs> Irving a little bit less. Um, but I would also just think like, oh yeah, so this team should be the favorite for the 2021 NBA championship. Um, mm-hmm. however, Spencer Dinwiddie is, is out for the season and, uh, Kyrie Irving can retire at any point. Um, and so I, I weirdly understand it more. Now, uh, Kyrie Irving is, in my opinion, the least likable player in the NBA. Um, rivaled only by his new teammate, James Harden. And this trade significantly lowers the possible floor of this team. Um, I think if mm. Karis Levert and Jared Allen are still on this team and Kyrie Irving doesn't play and Kevin Durant plays 65 to 70% of the games, um, that's still a, like a playoff team. Uh, mm-hmm. And if Kevin Durant is, looks like Kevin Durant, then um, like it's, it's, you know, everything's fine. And even if Kevin Durant gets injured with, with Jared Allen and Karis Levert, that's still, I think, a and and even Kyrie Irving, right, being out. This team minus minus uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, but the inclusion of Bruce Brown, who balled out tonight, um, mm-hmm. Landry Shamit, and and a bunch of other, you know, and, and all the and and Levert and and Allen. That's still like a seven eight seed. You're in the play in. I'd be pretty confident against somebody like the Hornets. Um, however, if if the Nets now lose Kyrie Irving to whatever it is he's doing and, and KD gets hurt. Um, 
and James Harden now doesn't want to play basketball because his friends aren't there. Like it's just now it's just like, or or the chemistry blows up. Like now we just have the potential right. for disaster, and mm-hmm. nobody will if if Durant got hurt and Irving is hurt, whatever, and the Nets lose in, in round seven or eight. You're just like, hey man, like ish happens, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was a good risk, but now it's just like now they'll be ridiculed and clowned. Um, the depth is gone if one of the stars goes out, right? And so it's just, it's so it's so frustrating because we got pulled from from the depths of despair in the post Billy King era. However, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and however, if if Kyrie Irving weirdly, you know, if he if he does come back at some point, um. And James Harden loses the weight, as he always does, right? I, we like to clown him for, for looking overweight every season. Um, but come March, he always looks fit, and he's dropping 50-point games. So uh, mm-hmm. this this team is, I don't know if you put them as the favorite in the East, um, but the ceiling is NBA championship in a way that, Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in a more comfortable way now. Really, and Kyrie Irving, I don't, I don't think he needs to play until May because if Kevin Durant stays healthy and James Harden fixes his attitude, which we presume is going to happen, right? Because you always get that one mm-hmm. season of uh, of the honeymoon, right? Well, he got what he wanted. He got what he yeah. wanted. So you think that that will that will course correct some of the? It's not going to course correct. The fact that he's clearly out of shape, um, you know, from day one or anything, but at least we'll course correct what we've seen over the last five. I mean, I've been watching that team pretty closely, the Rockets, and it's bad because I like a train wreck, right. you know, and 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 I hate Houston, so it's you know it's it's doubly fun. But it, it's very clear that he did not, he could not care, no, like at all what was happening in the last few games. No. So uh, now he got what he wanted, so he'll you just in theory he'll be he'll be. <laughs> 30% better immediately just for effort giving effort yeah. you know and here's the thing is this is this team is the ceiling of this team better than the 18 rockets uh yeah for sure 100% yeah i think no, so too no, no question yeah um so yeah. you know Kev, Kyrie Irving doesn't have to play every game he only has to show up in may uh james harden if we, I think it's a fair assumption to think he'll be back. Like he'll, he'll, he will by April, by May, he will look like what we expect and he never gets hurt. Um, and so you, if he mm. doesn't, that's, you know, you know, whatever, you know, bad luck. It's just Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I know people are going to clown the defense, but like, what are you supposed to like? Um, James Harden can play defense. Kevin Durant, plays pretty good defense. I think we've kind of, we thought that he wouldn't because of the Achilles, but when mm-hmm. he was in Golden State and in Oklahoma, like the dude plays defense, like Bruce Brown plays defense. Um, Joe Harris, even though he's white, is a, is a decent <laughs> defender, right? That the reputation might That be. doesn't make sense, but okay. Um, but he's not, he's not Duncan Robinson. He's not Tyler Hero. He's, he's bigger, yeah, he's stronger, yeah. whatever. No, I'm with you. I'm um, with you. And so it's just like, but the, the idea is you have to double Harden or you have to double Durant when they're playing or you have to double Irving. It's just impossible. And, uh, and so I, I think that when, when the f- 
playoffs come, it, it really doesn't matter what seed the Nets are because nobody's going to be in the stands. Um, and I think that the Nets, I think the, the top of the East, right, uh, the, the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, mm-hmm. the Celtics, and then the Pacers, who I think look pretty good. Um, yeah, Pacers look really good right now, I, like, for sure. If, if you're the Nets, I think you want to not play the Sixers or the Bucks in the first round, but like, you're not scared of Boston. Mm-hmm. You're not scared of Indiana. You're not like I, this. I, to me, it's. I think you're, we're going to see really weird lineups. I think we're going to see Reggie Perry, the rookie, a six nine forward. I think we're going to see um, TLC, who's a you know he's a uh, like a Euro guy. I think they're just going to get a, a ton of minutes. Because mm-hmm. they they're just like, hey, if we can just get chemistry and get the young guys into NBA caliber players, like it, the offense doesn't matter at this point. It's just like I know that the joke is the ball's going to get dribbled, but like Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie are worse at doing that um, because they don't they can't make the quick decisions that the top players can. So I mm-hmm. I, I think that I'm in for a really rocky regular season. But come the 10 games before the playoffs, I, I my prediction is that people are going to be watching the Nets those 10 games when Harden and Irving, if, if he's playing, and Durant, they're just like, you know what, now we need to play into playoff mode. I, th- I think they're going to look really scary. And the three of us love to clown James Harden um, because he always collapses in the playoffs. Uh, well, now you've got two guys on offense who have a better history of big shots than you do Harden. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. now, well, and one guy who's an absolute killer. And then I don't know if Kyrie is or not. I mean, we, we have, we have really like two games of evidence on that, you know? So it, it maybe he isn't, maybe he isn't, but oh, Durant's, I know Kevin Durant is Durant's a, so. a monster. Right. And, and, but the thing is yeah, Irving can sure. be a killer when he's got somebody else to take attention. Like he had with LeBron. Well, now he, now he does. Um, Mm-hmm. But so I'm being optimistic in what I think is actually going to happen. The worst case scenario is this is a disaster and I hate Kyrie yeah. Irving and I hate James Harden to be to be real. I think I was really annoyed with Kevin Durant, but he is so good that it, it really just didn't matter. Right. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it just so I am very scared. Uh, I think the Nets don't have a power forward that's not Jeff Green, um, which is why I predict you'll, you'll get a lot of Reggie Perry minutes because he's a big dude. Uh, we, I guess we can discuss maybe buyout potential, whatever, whatever. Um, but sure. Like you know, I, I am. I th- I I think that they will. I think that they will absolutely look so wonky all season long, and by playoff time comes you realize that there are two MVPs on the roster still. Yeah. Okay. I have things I like and dislike about it, but I'm going to go to you first, Tobin. What, what's your, I don't know, initial take? You got any anything to add to what Ariel said or play off of that? I'll, I'll just turn it over to you. you I go. think that it would have been a lot scarier probably a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, before... Kyrie was doing all his stuff. I think two weeks ago, like if, if Irving and... KD, you're playing. I don't think you need to do this as bad. Um, I think now this is kind of insurance for if Kyrie decides to go off even further off the deep end and doesn't come back, then this gives you the insurance of, okay, 
this sucks, but we have James Harden, so let's let James Harden run the offense and not stress about it. You know, uh, I think people are underrating the <clears throat> the the point that he's going to go play for a D'Antoni and a D'Antoni system again. Um, I think that that's mm-hmm. going to be important for him probably. And the the players they sent out are not bad losses. It's the picks that could be really disastrous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, thanks to the Bucks and Drew Holiday, that's kind of what they had to do. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't think this is a – I think everybody really kind of comes away as a winner in this in a weird way um, because that never usually happens in this situation, especially when you add multiple teams. But, I mean, how good do the Cavaliers look that they basically gave up a, you know, a, a late first-round pick to get a – a center who is, you know, still young and on a rookie deal and can be really good. Like I mean, that's, he was that's dominating. A and a yeah, and Allen's good. And yeah. a vet that is a great veteran that's been a great backup veteran on, on a lot of teams. And the Cavaliers have been playing above what they thought they were going to this year. So maybe they're they, you know in a in a weak conference they have a chance to make a run at a mid playoff seed with this stuff. So I mean it's really a weird everybody kind of came out ahead uh, trade and if the Rockets can convince Oladipo to stay there, I think even more it's a win for them. Um, if he doesn't stay there, then they just get a bunch of money off their books, which I think is a, a win as well. Uh, the only thing that scares me, and I'm you know I, I know everybody's thinking this, is how in the world do these three head cases, you know, mm. play with each other? Because like the fact that Kevin Durant looks like the most sane of the three says a whole lot, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> I was talking to somebody at um, at my job today about this because they, you know, anytime something big in basketball happens, I, I get a ton of questions, and um, I, I told him I was like, Kevin Durant is always going to come and play no matter what petty crap he's mm-hmm. doing in the locker room. Like he will come and play on the court, yes. and, cause, and he's going to drop thirty no matter what the situation is, and it might be incredibly demonstrative in the locker room but he's going to come and play these other two guys are the opposite you know like Harden not as much but definitely Kyrie I mean Kyrie gets butt hurt and gets you know gets takes himself out of the situations a lot and Harden typically like we've seen the last few weeks he can he can shut down and then affect the whole offense really easily if he doesn't if he's not in it so that that Mm -hmm. has to worry me but I think to you know to Ariel's point is that he hasn't shown interest yet and now he's going to come in and probably put on, you know, a couple of performances that'll kind of get them back into the game. So, Mm -hmm. so here's what I like. Uh, I think that it gives maybe the biggest thing to me is that it it gives them Kyrie insurance. Cause I, I don't know how deep we want to go get into Kyrie in general. Cause I'm, I'm so my, I'm so bogged down with Kyrie stuff, but if he just straight up decides he's not playing anymore for the season or forever, or if it just continues to be this where it's in and out and in and out and I'll show up when I feel like it. Um, now you're not leaving such a heavy burden on KD entirely to, to pull this thing along. You know, Karis LeVert's really good, but um, obviously Harden is, is much better. Than Karis LeVert is when 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 he decides when Harden wants to play then he's much better than Karis LeVert so so you have some of that and KD's looked really good I don't know if he's a hundred percent of KD offensively I know he's not defensively but that's sort of beside the point but it's not far off from a hundred percent on anyway. offense yeah. and so yeah I mean he looks really good and man it 
I really love. Ky- uh, I'm sorry. I almost said I love Kyrie Irving. I do not. I do not. Love, I love watching Kevin Durant play basketball. He's he just stylistically. I, I like what he brings to the table. He's so smooth on the, on the court. He's just a really fun player to watch. The 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 junk that you get with KD of just being moody and whiny about stuff um, gets in the way for me of enjoying watching him play basketball. But it's it's. It's so small potatoes compared to what you're getting with with these other two guys. So, um, so I look, I I like the insurance that he gives it. If if Harden, to me, there's two parts of the buy-in. It's not just I'm going to show up and I'm going to start trying again and I'm going to work my way into shape. Um, that's that's part one. Part two is when did he get traded to Houston? Do you guys? I can't. I've 2013. Yeah. Okay. We haven't seen James Harden play basketball with a real basketball team since since 2013, since that time. Um, he the the system that was built around him in Houston does not exist anywhere else in the world, and it certainly doesn't exist on a team with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. on it. And so, and and let alone with with Kyrie Irving. And so, I do have. I have a little bit of question as to not whether he is capable of becoming a guy who is actually engaged when he doesn't have the ball in his hands and doesn't just go and stand at the hash mark and take plays off like what he has done in Houston for the last few years when he doesn't have the ball. I know that he is capable of doing more because he was a very good off-ball player when he was in Oklahoma City. Yeah, he looked like Ginobili. I do question... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Totally. Absolutely, he did. I mean, he he was really good in Oklahoma City. He was not obviously he was not ball dominant. He was not as good as he was in Houston, Oklahoma City, undersold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all know these, the, the, this is the the case. But he was very good off ball, and how he brought a lot to the table. He can be very good at attacking closeouts uh, when you know when he catches. And Kevin Durant brings unbelievable gravity to the floor. So he he should be able if he's willing to do that, then he should be very good. I do question whether or not he will do it. So that's because now look, it's, it is much easier to accept somebody else, somebody else's alpha status or co alpha status when you're moving to their team than it is the other way around. And that was part of the problem for Harden with uh, Chris Paul and with Russell Westbrook and also with Dwight Howard. Um, Previously, when those guys came to his team and wanted to assert their leadership or their alphaness or whatever, and that was not well received. So, does he is he willing to do that? Is he willing to accept that Kevin Durant is the best player on this team, not James Harden? And you know, again, capable, absolutely. Will he do that? Is is going to be the question, and will it carry over uh, through the course of the rest of the season and into the playoffs? Um, I do. I, I love what you said, Ariel. I totally agree with you that that the. One of the big failings of the James Harden experience is the when the games really get tough in the playoffs, he's nowhere to be found. Um, and now he's you're pairing him with a guy that that will do all that stuff because Kevin Durant will kill you. And, and yeah. so those two things should should work well hand in hand. Um, from a basketball standpoint, <laughs> with the three of them on the floor, for a moment, let's assume that Kyrie Irving is going to play, and then we'll talk about whether or not that's a truth fact or not. I don't, you know. Um, with the three of them on the floor, it, you there there really isn't anything you can do defensively to stop that. Those are they are three dynamic ball handlers. Uh, 
three of the best scorers in the game, um, guys who you can pretty much just play one on with it. You can basically spread the floor and just have, you know, hey. one of them go one on one against the guy that's guarding them, or you can play uh, three people out and, and run some pick and roll and, and just dominate with that. And so to, to have the ability to say, uh, Hey, <laughs> you know, uh, James, I'm a little bit tired this possession. So it's your turn. And Hey Kyrie, you know, now it's your turn. Uh, and to figure out how to do that sort of thing is such a ridiculous luxury. And it, it should, it should go really, really well offensively. Do they all want to buy into that? And we like, I think we all agree, right. That like, we're not worried about Kevin Durant on the buy-in side of things, right? Yeah. We've yeah. seen him do that in Golden State. He's doing whether it now he, too. Yeah, and whether he, I mean, I don't think that he always liked it in Golden State, and you could see there were times, especially the last year that he was that he was there, that he and Kerr were clearly not seeing eye to eye, or that maybe I should say phrase it as Kerr was definitely indulging him with some play calls and allowing him to kind of do his his KD thing because he's Kevin Durant, and you you know you should let him get a few shots here and there to keep him to keep him happy. So I assume that he will be mostly fine on that front, even if we will get some, some moody press conferences and some subtweeting and things like that. We'll, we'll, we'll be okay with that. It's, it's the other two parts of that, that I'm not totally firm in. They're going to do their part of this, that they're going to accept that, especially with Kyrie. I mean, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a world in which James Harden has, is tired of what he's been through for the last few years of carrying everything and always having the ball and then seeing that not ultimately work out in his favor at the end of the day in the playoffs. And so maybe he really is ready to be like, cool, I don't have to have the ball every time. We're good to go. Is Kyrie going to be cool getting one out of every six shots mm-hmm. instead of one out of every three shots? You know what I mean? Or or one out of every two shots or something. I... I hesitate to, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally sure on that, that front. So I think we need to talk about the Kyrie thing and we need to talk about the defense thing. <laughs> and then I don't know, maybe we'll have covered all of this. <laughs> uh, I, let, let's go to defense first. Let's save Kyrie for the end. Cause that's, I mean, good gracious. Yeah. Again, assuming that he's on the floor, I assume your five, your, your closing lineup is going to be KD, Kyrie, James Harden, Bruce Brown, and Joe Harris. <sighs> Say it again. Joe sorry. Harris. Joe Harris. And maybe some nights you you're swapping in Jeff Green or DeAndre Jordan into that fifth spot, depending on the matchup and, and the team that you're going up against. That's rough. That's not a good defensive team. No. At all. At all at all. Like Kevin Durant is clearly the best defender on that in that group. And I don't know he, my only how can I how can I phrase that? Kevin Durant is your best defender is not the end of the world. Um, what I don't love about that is that he has to be the guy who's going to guard in a playoff series. If he, if you, that he guards Jason Tatum or he guards Giannis or he guards Jimmy Butler or he guards, Oh, uh, who else am I? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Philly. I, I think they probably just dominate Philly. I don't know. What no, Philly, they, Philly cannot, Philly doesn't have the firepower. Yeah, it's, a ter- it's a terrible matchup for, for them at this point. Um, but do you know what I mean? There, there's a world in which, especially if they don't go all out to get the highest seed that they are capable of getting, there's a world in which they see 
three really good teams in the Eastern Conference on the way to the finals where now Kevin Durant is then guarding LeBron James. And that 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 stresses me out a little bit because you don't have I mean DeAndre Jordan's a bad defender at this point. He probably always was a pretty pretty bad defender despite what Doc Rivers said during his, his Clippers <laughs> days. I really like Bruce Brown, but the the problem with Bruce Brown is he's, he's I mean, he's a dog. He'll go he'll go after you, but he's too small to guard Jason Tatum, Giannis, LeBron, all those type of players. Kyrie's a bad, just a really bad defender. Um, James Harden has moments where he defends well, but it's typically in the the sense of like, well, he got switched onto a bigger guy, and that guy tried to go to the block, and he's too big to move. Yeah, um, it's right. not necessarily perimeter defense. Unfortunately, so, Durant and Harden in an ideal system are playing the same defensive assignment. Yes, yes. Uh, you, you love Kevin Durant as. The guy that you put on, maybe not the worst offensive player on the other team, but like the second worst, because what he brings to the table from a defensive IQ standpoint, and even a little bit, uh, at least in his, you know at his at his peak as a an off ball rim protector and stuff, you you like that with Kevin Durant less so. Hey, go guard the best defense, the best offensive player on the other All team. Right, so let, let me so that's let a, me posit this to you. Um, there's not a single player the Nets shipped out that in a that you would put in a closing lineup anyway that can do what you are what you are positing here. Um, meaning Karis sure. Levert, no, you can't put him on LeBron. Torian Prince would get dominated. Um But I do think he's your matchup, right? Like I think I think the if you have Torian here here's my and I I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I think if you have if you have Jared Allen and Torian Prince on the floor, yes, Torian Prince is going to get killed by LeBron or Giannis or whoever, but it, he is a body who's who's in, in an athletic... He's athletic and strong enough to where you can put him in there and then help onto him rather than, all right, KD, that's your guy. Right, so and now we're, we're all trying to help from different positions. Having two guys on the floor who are, who are decent defenders, if not actual plus defenders... I think helps the overall load that you got to put on your three stars that, you know, again, two of them are, are bad defenders and one, we, we just, I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to ask KD to do it. So, so let me, sh- I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt no, 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 you, but I, I understand what you're uh, saying. Let me show you some stats. Um, Torian Prince, <laughs> six foot seven, two eighteen. That's not just, just like measurements, right? Six foot seven, two eighteen. Torian Prince, Joe Harris, mm-hmm. six foot six, two twenty. TLC, yeah. six foot seven, two twenty. Right, it's just there's Torian Prince is is not he was he's not good, um, like he mm. he was doing better in a simplified role, but if you say the the issue, right? I think is that you've got DeAndre Jordan and not Jared Allen. Um, mm-hmm. If you yeah. say Torian Prince, I think Torian Prince and Joe Harris can do the same exact defensive job on LeBron James. Um, because Torian Prince was man, I disagree. He, no, I, I mean I, I, I get what you're saying, but I I think from I, what I've I seen, I don't think. Sure. You know, um, but that like, so Torian Prince suffers from the Damari Carroll. Uh, what's his name in, in, in Phoenix right now? Um, Joe, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. He, he suffers from that syndrome. Uh, he's not a good defender. I'm like, I'm telling you, at least on the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. he, he hasn't been for three years. And so 
that was that was the concern. Everyone, everyone, even Chris Weber <laughs> says he looks this way, <laughs> and Damari Carroll mm-hmm. and Jay Crowder have those very specific skills, and so Torian Prince really got lumped in there and was expected to do things he was not able to do. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's fair. I just I can tell you right now, Joe Harris is not quick enough to guard any of those players. Like he cannot stay. I, Joe Harris is probably a better defender in a vacuum than Torian Prince is. Maybe a much better defender. But there is a certain amount of yeah, he's 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 strong and he's he's better defensively than we think he is. He cannot stay in front of those guys. And I would I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm still overrating Torian Prince in my own mind. But I feel better about. I think I feel better about Torian Prince is at least out there than I do uh, Joe Harris or TLC or God forbid James Harden or, <laughs> or one of these guys. But I but I'm with you. I think the big thing, the big difference there is that Jared Allen is a much better basketball player than DeAndre Jordan, and that was right. Sort of having that background, uh, you know, in the back of your mind, knowing, hey, there's somebody there who might actually provide some help. <laughs> right. And he was so to used to playing with Harris and Levert as opposed to yeah, Jordan, who was for not. Sure. For sure. For sure. But I also think the other thing is, too, on that front is you're right. Like the defense was the problem all you know, before they got James Harden. Um, could you have. Would 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 you? And this this only works in a world where Kyrie Irving is actually going to play basketball. So, but maybe the move is not James Harden, but to swap some of these guys out for somebody who actually does help on that front and can also you know aid on your your offensive end. And oh yeah, but that was that was I my preference. So you, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So we'll see. I mean, one other thing, I think it was I've I've. I've ingested so much uh, basketball content over the last day. I think it was Sharks on uh, from the Ringer said that the thing that he likes most about this is again, assuming all three players are in there, it does force whoever is playing against them, whether it's the Bucks, the Lakers, the the Heat, the Celtics, et cetera, et cetera. It forces them to play at the at the Nets level and forces them to play the Nets game versus the, mm-hmm. you know the other way around. Yeah. When, when your, your big is, was is off there, the floor if you're playing against this team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're going to have to. I would guess. Now, I mean, you know, if it doesn't work in terms of they're not willing to share the ball and and it doesn't they don't mesh well together. And again, I think it's Kyrie that's the one that that blows that up if it ends up happening. Um, but if assuming it, it works on even. Uh, you know, half the level that we think it is, you're going to have to beat them 125 to 120. You're not going to, you're not going to get to a place where, uh, you're beating them, you know, 105 to 100 or something like that. There, it's going to be, it's going to be a, an offensive free for all pretty much every single night. And you're going to have to, you're going to be the one, the team that has to adjust to that and not the other way. And around. the, the Nets 125 is going to come pretty seamlessly on a mm-hmm. regular basis and that might not or it's 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 likely and that might not be true that's not true for any mm-hmm. other team besides the wizards or the hawks but you know you yeah. know what i mean yeah at this point at this point anyway all right let's let's get into the Kyrie mess tobin i'm going to let you go first <laughs> say say what you want about Kyrie i don't know i this is this is uh this is the the this is a nightmare trying to 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 kind of sort through all of the stuff that comes with Kyrie Irving. And Ariel, I know you have lots of opinions on this, but Tobin, go first. Let's let's start the Kyrie. I think it was two weeks ago when this stuff started popping up. 
I actually texted you guys, you know, in Ariel especially, and said, <laughs> don't be surprised if he pulls an Andrew Luck. And, you know, I, I was met with a bunch of, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, not like a, hey, that's stupid, but hey, like, he still wants to make that money. But I think now we're getting closer and closer to this dude could for real walk away from basketball. And I wouldn't be sad about it, I know, because I'm just kind of tired of his shtick. I mean, I, I just think it's kind of crazy that we went from, you know, he he was left Cleveland because he was tired of being LeBron's, you know, puppet. And then now every single get, t- team he's been to is basically having the same problem with him. And I just think I'm 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 personally tired of it. And I know I know that you guys are, too. And the fact that he made Stephen A. Smith on ESPN have a lucid, sane, non-yelling point. Well, he, that he dropped made the sense. act. Real, he yeah. dropped it. Yeah, yeah, and it was spot on. Like, I mean, it's, that's the thing is like, it's just it's not worth all of this. And you know, I I think that the, even if he's coming and playing, he's still a headache. He's you still have to worry about his mentality. And then he's also probably going to get hurt for at least twenty games a season. And it's just. There's, I think that's a big reason why they went through this trade today because I just think that they need some sort of insurance. Uh, and I said it already, but like I just, I, I think now it makes it to the point where if you're the Nets or you're Steve Nash, you can say, you know what, Kyrie, just stay away. Like they can, they could do to him what the Rockets were doing to Harden today and saying, just don't go to, don't come to practice. Don't like, you know, because eventually he's going to want to come back because he's not his, you know, his game checks are going to start getting hit. And, I, I kind of hope that the Nets will say, you know what, just take a break, or like maybe they'll. I don't know how possible it is for them to keep him for them to keep him away from the team or not without the union stepping in. But I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mm-hmm. tired of this shtick, man. Like I just, it's this is now the third team in a row that he's had this problem with, and he always has something dumb to say. And and it probably wouldn't be as bad if he didn't start out this season with that ridiculous comment he made in about the media. Um, whether it was right mm-hmm. or not, like just the way he handled that was ridiculous. And so yeah. I just, I think that he's just, he just made himself look like a fool, like this whole time. It's, it's ridiculous. Agree. Uh, but Ariel has shed some light here. Um, so Kyrie, one, I, I think it's unfair to Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck had a litany of injuries. Um, yeah, Andrew Luck could not throw the ball t- ten years, ten yards down the field. Yeah. Like that's a different got, thing than yeah. Than he got this, ruined right? by he got ruined by a bad team, right? Um, yeah, sure. Gosh, and yeah. Kyrie Irving is and so the the thought process was he he took days off because um, the world is on fire, right? And and he doesn't text his coach, which is terrible. And then the rumor came out that he, he didn't like the Nash hire, which is dumb because if you're Kyrie Irving and you're a point guard with certain level of skills, uh, you want to be in that Nash system that got him to MVPs. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He's such an idiot. And uh, But like, if it's like, hey, I need to take the day off because the government, someone tried to overthrow the government. Um, mm-hmm. But one, you're still being paid money and you're not communicating with your with your your team after saying I'm you know literally in his statement is like I want to come here and work every day like that's literally in his stupid statement that he left with the media that first day that he was supposed to be available and wasn't um, he's full mm-hmm. of it right but then to come out and be like at this party for your sure it's for your sister and your dad but it's at a it's like at a venue with like fifty people right. and nobody's wearing masks and it's just like you know what. 
I hope you lose your 400 grand a game because it's, it's mm-hmm. one thing to be depressed and to have your philanthropy and your social issues, which he does have. It's one thing to feel like you, you, your work is not going, is not positive enough and you can't do these things and you're trying and you can't even get like yourself to get to work to play a game that you claim to love. But it's another thing to, to ghost your employer, not say mm-hmm. anything, and then break protocol for a game. Like you, you are putting your team, you are essentially like if, if you didn't report it or whatever, you're putting them in danger. And mm-hmm. like a, yeah, ki- no a kid in college, the team is lucky that they get that, that video yeah, got out, yeah. to be honest with you. A kid in college collapsed. Mm-hmm. He collapsed uh, unknowingly from COVID. We don't know mm-hmm. what the situation is with these athletes who get it. Kevin Durant already got it. You know, yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie got it. And it's just like, it's that insane level of narcissism combined with mm-hmm. the fact that he can't keep his mouth shut and he thinks he's smarter than everyone else. All of those things are annoying, but forgivable. But this one mm-hmm. is not. At least James Harden had the decency to do it before the season started, right? Like, <laughs> you can see the thought process behind, the season's not going to start, I've already got COVID, let me go have some fun mm-hmm. before I do it. I think it's dumb, I didn't like it. But I think what Kyrie did is several degrees worse. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Let me, I, let me I, clarify too. Like, I'm not saying that Andrew Luck is like him. I'm saying that no, some, yeah. somebody somebody that's walking away from. I don't want to because I don't want to compare Andrew Luck's you know uh, yeah character to Kyrie because that's the, by no means. But like somebody that's going to walk away while they can still play the game. You know. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm. but yeah, like even without the COVID stuff, like if you, if we're not in a pandemic and he's doing this stuff, it's inexcusable. Yeah, but it's then bad. you, but Real then bad. you mm-hmm. throw in this whole aspect of, you know, you are a role model there. I, I, I'm a school teacher and I see kids every single day talking about the Kyries that they're wearing to school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, shoot, mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Like I love the, his shoe line too. And it's like, he is a role model for children and he is being one of the worst human beings right now at least in this game in the in this league like not in like overall but like he's just doing some incredibly selfish things while also being incredibly narcissistic to your point as well so yeah look my i got a lot of Kyrie stuff i'll try to <laughs> we've been here it, a while. i know i i i just i'm aware of the I want to be wary of usually this show is, is two white guys. Cause this is a podcast and this is mostly what, what podcasters are is, is white guys. So, Round it up, man. Um, usually, <laughs> usually I, so I, I, I'm wary of two white guys coming on and, and I think this is, I think this is part of the, part of the reason why we see so much, uh, Kyrie, defense is because <laughs> he I don't know I, I I'm always wary of coming in here and and I'll talk about the game all day long and whatever you criticize or 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 whatever it may be but I don't want to I'm aware of the optics of of two white guys talking about 
the bad way that a that a black man is living, you know, a young black man and the way that he's he's spending his life and whatnot and his motivations and all this sort of stuff. So I don't know. I almost if, if this trade hadn't happened, I probably would have said, "Hey, can we just can we wait one more week to talk Kyrie so we get like maybe even a tiny bit more clarification?" But the truth is, knowing Kyrie the way that we have come to know him over the last few years, one more week will just give us one more week of what the crap are we doing? And so I, I don't know. It doesn't. Maybe it doesn't make any difference. I am sick to death of Galaxy Brain Kyrie Irving pretending. Or thinking, maybe not even pretending is not the right word, thinking that he is smarter than everyone else in the world and everyone else caping for that or, well, you know, he's making some great points. No, he doesn't. He thinks that the earth is flat. He, he does not. He is not making great points. This is just stop. Let's stop. We don't have to. We can say, man, you know who I really like playing, watching play basketball? It's Kyrie Irving. I love his style. He's so smooth. What a great handle. Blah, 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 all those things. Do you know whose shoes I love? Kyrie Irving. We can say all that without having to pretend like every word that comes out of his mouth is like biblical level wisdom, you know? I I just, it blows my mind. And where I'm at with him is this. uh, I am not only all for using your platform for good and for social justice and for philanthropic endeavors and all this like i we're at the point now where i think we all kind of judge the guys that aren't using their platforms that way and and uh you know going into to philanthropic endeavors and whatnot so great i i want all that i want that to be part of i love that that is part of this generation of players that they are serious about social justice and standing up for the things that need to be stood up for and the people who don't have the amplified voices that they have. So you can do that like Jalen Brown does and, and play this game as hard as you possibly can. And also do all of this great stuff to help your community and to help bring, uh, to to give a voice to people that don't have a voice and and to bring spotlight to things that don't necessarily get the spotlight that they should. You can do that like Jalen Brown does, or you can retire and you can go and use what remains of your platform for the, more than anything to to use the fact that you are incredibly privileged to have a bank account that is as stacked as his is thanks to the gift and the the skill set that he has and you can go and you can i don't whatever run for freaking public office or fund people that do or or give tons of donations to the right causes or get out in the streets and march for just you can do one or the other you can absolutely go the jalen brown route and and make change happen through your platform or you can stop and go and do that that's fine either way we're good or Also, guys, I'm at the point where if you want to opt out for the season because you don't think that this is safe or even just that this sucks, that it's not fun to play in the middle of a pandemic, I'm okay with that, too. Like, just do it. But you don't get it both ways. You don't get to get paid thirty eight million dollars and also not show up to work. I, I just this is not this doesn't. This isn't how it works for anyone in any field. And I'm so, so tired of people standing up for that. It is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that a guy can say, not only am I not coming to work, I'm not talking to my boss. 
I'm not going to tell my, my, my coworkers what's going on. I'm just going to go to a party for four days because I freaking feel like it. Now give me my $38 million. And people can be like, yeah, he makes some good points. Get the crap out of here with that. <laughs> I, I just, I've, I've had it. I've had it with this garbage. Yeah, he's, he's a hypocrite. And I, I personally think like hypocrites are, are really like the worst kind of people. Um, besides, <laughs> besides like, you know, like actual, like violent, whatever, but you right. know, it's, it's non you know, non-criminal edition, like hypocrites are the worst kind of people because they'll sit there and they'll spout their BS and they'll do whatever the F they want. And it's, and this is exactly what he is. And this is what he's always been. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everything he said, like he, uh, to be a hundred percent fair. When LeBron went to Cleveland, Kyrie got a bad deal, and he was unprepared mm-hmm. for that bad deal. The media, you know, not, not on the court. Um, they treated him terribly because LeBron is the center of the universe, rightly so, um, as MJ once was. But to come mm-hmm. out and say that um, <clears throat> the leadership nonsense with Boston, like calling LeBron... Uh, the the saying oh I could be a coach Ke- Kevin could be a coach we don't have a coach right um, mm-hmm. to, to actively yeah. disrespect Steve Nash two time MVP a better player than you ever were in your life um, yeah the calling the media pawns the flat Ugh. Earth nonsense which to me as somebody in this climate who has who feels a moral responsibility to the truth and to science. Mm-hmm. Um, is unforgivable, right? That was the line for me. And I, I don't care how much money he donates. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want to say this, like philanthropy does not invalidate bad deeds. Bad deeds mm. invalidate philanthropy. That dude's a millionaire. Mm. He's giving up $400,000 per game because he wanted to go to mm-hmm. his sister's birthday party. Alex Caruso missed his sister's wedding. The yeah. dude's a role player. Uh, it's inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I, I love what Stephen A. Smith had to say. And, and Stephen A., there's, Stephen A. is so good. <sighs> he has some really great thoughts, and it drives so me nuts that, that he covers it up with, I mean, good on him. He found a way to, 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 I mean, he's like the number one personality at ESPN now and whatnot, but doing his shtick. But he's really good when he doesn't do his shtick and just, talks and just analyzes or just mm-hmm. writes he used to be a really you can see his writer. body language all this in that last video yeah yeah totally totally um i thought he what he said was really great and i was i i fully agree it's again if, if you don't want to play right now i understand i look i i would we would like for everybody to i mean i i want to play basketball i'm 37 i'm well aware a i suck i'm not good at basketball but but b that that it's going to end for me soon. Like if it, my goal forever has been to be able to play, play pickup until I'm 50 and there's days where I'm like, yeah, I can do this forever. And there's days where it's like, I should have retired years ago. You know? So like, I, 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 you, we want guys that you're just like, I want to get out there and play and everything, but this sucks. There's no question. Zach Lowe on his podcast the other day said, he was like, no one I have talked to, has said that maybe I'll rephrase everyone that I have talked to has said this sucks that it's not fun that I, it's not that, every, that when we go on the road you know the Mavs like with the, to begin the season they're in Phoenix one night and then they played a Christmas Day 
in in against the Lakers and then a Sunday afternoon against the Clippers and they weren't allowed to leave the rooms basically for that four days. Like this sucks. It's not fun. If you're concerned about the 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 virus or you just think that this blows, then just then you opt out. And nobody man. Just would opt blame out, but don't. You. Yes. But also, yes. you know what? Don't do Everybody both. is working jobs right now that suck because of this. So I don't oh, really yeah. want to, like, don't I can really give two it. craps about them. Like, like I, I mean, like, yeah. But again, opt out or just deal with it. Because, like, this is, it's not, like, it's not like everybody is not dealing with something this, this stuff. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't sure. get on your high horse about it and then also bank a check, like, you, to your point. Like, that's just not, yeah. you know, and the, thing, the sorry thing about it, too, is, like, you know, even, like, what was that? It was either last night or the night before. He was on that Zoom call, like oh trying to do God. trying mm-hmm. to do good for New York. But hey, guess what? You're not communicating with your team while you're not there. You now yeah. have shown that you were at a party instead of being with your team. And this Zoom call is literally taking place while your team is on the court. You know, and that's like, it's yeah, winning like, it's, without you. <laughs> and we should be we should be yeah. like able to say, hey, Kyrie, good job for, you know, caring about the community and the D.A. election and stuff. But also you can't just be a, you know, a pill every other way and then do this stuff and think it's like like to our, Ariel's mm-hmm. point. You can't just, you know, it doesn't it doesn't negate yeah. it. So, yeah. 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 The players in general, I think, have got to. Cause, cause you're absolutely right, Tobin. Like this sucks for everybody. Everybody is, is dealing with, there's, <laughs> there's nobody except the top 1% of the 1% that are enjoying the pandemic. You know what I mean? So like, this is, this is rough. This yeah. is rough for everybody. And I really hate one of my, one of the things I, I, I really, I really dislike the sentiment of if you get paid a lot of money, then you can deal with, you, then, then it's not a big deal that, that. Every day you open Twitter and there's people telling you to die because you missed mm-hmm. a shot or something. Or like the the people that were, you know, like when the, the players in the bubble last year or this summer or whatever, you know, weren't being able to see their kids, weren't around their families. And the number of people who were like, well, I bet the millions of dollars helped with that. It absolutely, the crap did not. Yeah, it absolutely did not help Jason Tatum's child to stop wondering whether where his dad is. When oh well but well but we have millions of dollars son no that doesn't that doesn't matter so I'm very very mindful of not being somebody who says uh, well I bet the money helps you feel better about all this stuff because it absolutely doesn't uh, there is a line at which we have to say yes this stinks it stinks for everyone and you are fortunate enough because of this skill that you have and the work that you put into that. You get paid a ton of money, and one of the things that comes with that is you show up to work. And whether that's Kyrie Irving or George Hill or whoever else, the the this stinks and I don't want to do it kind of thing is very frustrating because we could have sat this out. We could have said, "Hey, we're not playing in the middle of a pandemic, and we're gonna we're gonna skip the 2020 2021 season." But the players want to get paid, and they need to get paid, and they deserve to get paid. So you got if you're gonna get paid, you have to do mm-hmm. the work. That's just that's just all there is yeah. to it. So uh, let me. Uh, I don't know. Man. <laughs> let me. I guess before we 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 tap out of this COVID stuff, I'll, I'll give you yeah. a George Hill quote, and I'll give you another one that I saw. Uh, George Hill on the NBA COVID nineteen protocols. I'm a grown man, so I'm gonna do what I want to do. If I want to go see my family, I'm gonna go see my family. They can't tell me what I'm gonna do. If it's that serious, maybe we shouldn't be playing. Um, yeah, mm. George, if it's not, if it's that serious, don't play. Uh, but like, that's a terrible attitude, right? Because yeah. like 
the three of us have got to work, and it sucks. Um, mm. But let me give you Damian Lillard uh, yesterday. I feel like I'm living my life in a box. I'll go to practice. I go back home. I don't go anywhere else. I can't go to dinner, go to a movie, or hang out with my family because my family members, they have lives. I live on my phone because I can't interact with people in person, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. he is one of the top 10 players in the league. Yeah. He gets it. Yeah. And you know what? I don't hang out with my friends, and I haven't seen my family physically in months. You know why? Mm. Because some of them are irresponsible. Uh, a couple of my friends have had it. I've had two family members die from mm. COVID. And you know what? I it, This is just, it's, I, 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 my personal belief is that if the players were all like, all acted like Damien Lillard just said right there, mm. we would not have had any canceled games. Could you be. know, besides the Could Houston be. one yeah. in the beginning, um, mm-hmm. because the NFL has 50 guys per team. Um, and I understand that the, the, the games are played mostly outside, but it's mm. just like you guys should be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, dude. Hey, Ariel, th- seriously, thanks for being here, man, and bringing some perspective. I... I you're in such a weird position because I, you root for the laundry uh, and everybody, sh- you know, if you, you root, you're, it's your team, you got to You're going to be thrilled if they win a championship. And if the, if the nets win a championship over the next couple of years, then all of this is, is worth it. But I totally understand. It's also very frustrating to be employing, hmm. uh, to have players that are key to this whole thing that are not easy to, to root for. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird spot to be in. So, I uh, appreciate you coming on and giving us some perspective. Uh, I hope for your sake that you guys win a title at some point because the the price down the line with those picks and those pick swaps is is really only going to be worth it if there's a title yeah. banner hanging in the in the rafters somewhere. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to get for, a for Tobin and my sake. I hope you don't win, <laughs> but for your sake, I I'm going to pull a Colts and put a uh, AFC runner up. <laughs> banner. I love it. I love it. Uh, thanks for being here, dude. Uh, Ariel's going to jump out of here and Tobin and I, Tobin, let's, let's wrap up. Let's wrap this up with rockets and pacers. Just touch on those two things and then we'll get out of here. (laughs) All right, guys, I'll see you later. Okay. Let's talk about the, the other parts of this whole thing. I think the cat, we, we touched on the Cavs. The Cavs came out really well on this. Uh, I expect, I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory or not, but I, I expect they will buy out Drummond at some point and Drummond will sign with the Nets and that will be like an unspoken part of this whole thing. Yeah, it'll thing. be really so, shady, but yes, that's ar- that's already been totally floated will, yeah. on, on Twitter. So. <laughs> okay. All right. I I like I might put money on that. I might see if I can find some some weird website where I can put money on that. Uh that seems just like too too obvious as part of this whole thing. Um let's talk the Pacers and and the Rockets though. Uh what do you want to, you want to, let's start with the Pacers and we'll finish with with the with the Rockets. The what what do you think of this? What do you think of this depot for? So they just straight up traded Oladipo for for Karis LeVert is what it comes down to. I don't think any other parts went to them or left them. Correct? No, that like was it's it. just yeah. depot for LeVert. What do you think? About I, that? I think it's fine. I mean, like I I actually been real high on LeVert, and I think Depot's probably more. He's probably more um, of a a superstar than LeVert, or he or superstar potential. Like he can probably go a lot 
further in this in like the I am losing my words right now. It's there's something that he can <laughs> do that Lavert probably can't do, but he's five million dollars cheaper for the next two years after this year. Um, you're gonna have to max out Oladipo probably to keep him, and Lavert can ball. I mean, like that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, and like my my only fear about it is I feel like he kind of does what T.J. Warren does. Um, in some respects, I don't know, like, but I also like anybody that can ball, I'm fine with. And so I I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Like they, I think they could have probably got more for Depot somewhere else, but I feel like this is a fine, you know, move and they can probably move Levert pretty easily too. If they decide a year from now that, Hey, we want to trade Levert for assets or whatever. So. Yeah, I think that's an underrated part of this is that Oladipo is a free agent in the offseason and Karis LeVert is not and that there's some that he's younger and that there's just there's more that can be done with him if this doesn't pan out. I I also think I think it's pretty clear at this point that they had to get Oladipo out. I don't know if if the I don't know if Oladipo is is or was as much of an unhappy presence as some of these other guys that are being moved or, or potentially being moved, you know, but I definitely think there is enough smoke there to say that, that there must be some fire, (laughs) you know, to what's, what's been going on and kind of what I mentioned with, with Ariel, it's, he was the man on that team and then he got injured. And in the, the time since he was, he was out and then, you know, trying to recover from that injury, uh, Sabonis became the man and Malcolm Brogdon came in and is like averaging like 25 points a game. Like Malcolm Brogdon has been really, mm-hmm. really good. And it's hard to, to say, to say this was my team and now it's no longer my team. It's for a lot of guys. It's hard to do. Yeah. So I think maybe he needed to be, to be moved on. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if just Karis Silver is enough. I, I kind of thought that they maybe needed, to go get like a legit shooter. Karis LeVert is a fine shooter. I think he's shooting at a better rate than, than Depot was. Uh, Depot is at 36% uh, from three and Karis LeVert shooting 35. So they're about the same. Um, but I, Depot was like a much more volume shooter from out there than, than LeVert is. So I might've seen if I could have swapped Depot out for somebody who really feel, fills the, uh, the shooting quotient mm-hmm. there. But but I do like the the thought of like, well, he's younger and he, you know, long term we have some some more control over him contract wise, and uh, we'll be able to to do something with that. Lavert's just an interesting player because of his talent, his skill set is lends itself to like primary ball handler, but he's not quite that good. Just to be this the primary ball handler on a on a on an actual good team, and so. Sometimes that's tough to integrate into your offense. Uh, somebody who's, and I think that was part of the deal with the Nets was, is he willing to, I don't even know if it's a willingness. It's just, does he fit well with other ball dominant players? And if not, can he, is he willing to do that off the bench and be the, you know, the, the secondary guy uh, or, or runs a second unit? So I don't know, but I, I think, I think it's an interesting cash in. Yeah, it's else. just the only thing that's weird about it is that they it was just a straight swap. Like, because I, I feel like with the, with you know, especially with Harden on the move, and if Bill gets moved, like at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. Depot could have been like the next guy that some team's gonna panic and overpay for, you know. And mm-hmm. now they've kind of yeah. taken themselves out of that, and which is maybe fine, but 
that's the only thing about it that's a little weird. Like, why didn't somebody like throw mm-hmm. like a second round pick to him or something? I don't know. Like, it's you know, but whatever. Like I said, it's it's not. I feel like it's kind of a lateral move. It, if anything, it just kind of gives them two more years of. Are we going to extend this guy, or are we just going to keep you know getting mm-hmm. what we get from him? Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. And he's under contract through twenty twenty. Yeah, he has three more years, yeah, like a decent or two more years after this so, year is what it is. You know, yeah. yeah. So that's you know it's okay, but I, I am kind of with you. I was very interested to see what the market was for for Ola. And maybe we're off. Uh, maybe there wasn't a market for him. You know, like and yeah, I mean that's a guy that I really like, and I've I've pitched him to you off the air like a hundred times as a, a potential Mavs target. And uh, but I we we both agreed that we were like I don't even know what you trade for him because I just I don't know I don't know what the what the trade value is. So getting a guy like Levert is probably, I don't know, maybe they had other options that were just like a future first round pick and a, you know, a role player or something like that. And they, they valued what Levert does instead. So I don't know. Um, all right, let's talk rockets. Can I confess to you because I hate the Houston rockets. Um, I hate the city of Houston and I like to dunk on rockets fans. I've enjoyed this last year quite a bit. Can I confess to you that I now feel bad for the Rockets players and to some degree their fans? That's because this has been, so, and certainly to, to Steven Silas, because uh, this has been an absolute dumpster fire for the last few few weeks. And I don't think that I don't think that any of them, except for Tillman Fertitta, who's probably a bad person, deserve <laughs> what what has happened to them over the I last mean, few weeks. Sure, but. <laughs> I no sympathy. I, I mean, love it. Yeah, I, love I do. It. Like, I mean, it, I don't not, but not the fans. Like I could care less about the fans because they are <laughs> like, this is what you get. Like, this is what you buy. When you buy yeah. into a team like this, this is the consequence. It's just like when you support a, a cheating baseball team, that's the consequence is that no <laughs> one's going to trust, you know, think, you know, no one's going to want to like you or going to care whenever you whine about your team, not winning, you know, like that's, I, I don't know. Like, and, and also, I think that they actually came out pretty ahead, not ahead, they came out pretty well, you know, because we've said, you've said on the air and off the air that anytime you trade a superstar in this situation, you don't get, you know, one-to-one value back. And I think this is about as close as they probably could have gotten short of the mm-hmm. Philly deal that was being floated out there. And so basically, it's a difference of the Philly deal would have let you win, still win now with Simmons and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Maxi, if that's what the deal is going to be, this deal lets you possibly just rake in for the next eight years, essentially. And so, and if you re-sign Depot, then you really are going to be okay. Like that's you know because he's a, a good player, and John Wall for has shown flashes of you know a a good player, not his old self because he's never going to be that again, but. You know, with mm-hmm. what John Wall is doing, with what Christian Wood is doing, if Depot comes in and fits in there nicely and Silas is able to create a culture there that we know we know he's capable of doing, and you have mm-hmm. the next eight years of Brooklyn Nets picks, then I mean that's a good that's a good return. And so Yeah. No, I don't feel bad for him because this is what you get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I agree with you on the fans. I feel bad for for John Wall. Yeah, yeah. And PJ Tucker and the, the players that are there because I, they didn't sign up for the just absolute garbage that they've had to deal with. Like the but they've been playing good in 
despite, despite him, him. <laughs> and when he's not played, they <laughs> yeah. played good without him. And so, if anything, mm-hmm. maybe they're relieved now. Like maybe they can go in and just say, "All right, John, like it's you've had two years off. Like now's your time to come in and just show that you're ready to be the guy." And Depot's going to come in here and compliment you well. And Christian Wood's going to become keep budding into a star. And then we're going to be draft players for the you know for a while now. And so. Mm-hmm. Because sure. they weren't going to win anything this year, even with Harden. Like that's the thing. Is like no, no and question. So yeah. if anything, I think they might be better off this year. Like, well, I know they're better off from a, a culture standpoint and from a locker room Brian, standpoint. I mean, they're definitely. I, th- we, I we've think seen they might win more games times. this way. I re- well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we we've seen this play out a bunch of times, you know, across all sports, but especially in basketball. They're definitely about to go on like a six and two winning streak, you know, or like some kind of run where it's like, wow, the Rockets won seven out of 10 or something like that because they've removed a cancerous growth from their yeah. locker room, you know, and they're not dealing with, I mean, I said maybe week one and uh, like the first game that, 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 uh, that Harden played against the, one of the trailblazers. And there was like down the stretch, he was barking at at Christian Wood and PJ Tucker both. And I said to you, it was like, and maybe said on the air, like, how in the world are either of those players just even even standing there and listening to him? I would tell him to shut up. Like, there's no, you don't want to be here, dude. Don't talk to me about what I need to do yeah. on the court. You're, I mean, I get it. There's there's a certain amount of professionalism that you get with most players, and all these guys know what's up. Like, uh, in terms of this is a business, and we. All that sort of stuff. But still, I think they are definitely in a better position. And I don't know. Listening to John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins both talk over the last couple of days, last day with, you know, I mean, Harden, this was one of the uglier, maybe the ugliest uh, trade me I want out of here departures that, that we have seen over the last few years. I mean, this is worse than Anthony Davis by a pretty fair stretch, in my opinion. Um, well, okay, maybe it's worse but it than Kyrie. It didn't last I mean, as long. That it didn't last as long. That's the only reason that that Davis is. But Davis was at least had the decency to mostly handle it behind closed doors. That the leak, the uh, that the trade demand got out via leak, which obviously comes from the player, but still, or the player's representatives. But at least it came via the representative, not. James Harden got up on a podium last night and said, this team's not good enough for me. I'm out. Like, how dare you? <laughs> like, yeah. you're the leader of this team. You're the one that this whole, you're the reason that this team is in the place that it's in because they, they acquiesce to your demands with Dwight Howard. They acquiesce to your demands with Chris Paul. They acquiesce to your demands with uh, Russell Westbrook. And now they're in this position because they've they've tried to keep you happy because you've refused to do any of the things that you're supposed to do to lead a basketball team or to be part of an actual basketball team and not just a human dribble machine. I mean, it, it, it's it's it, that was ridiculous. Yeah. So I feel bad for for John Wall, who's out there, who's honestly been fun to watch play ball. I don't, I don't know what percentage of his game he's he's gotten back yet or will get back over the the course of the season but it's been fun to see him out there playing ball he plays hard he's he's committed which can't be said the same thing for some of these other guys and and if they um, don't sign depot now they have a ton of cap space that they can go make Uh moves with and so it's it's really like i said 
this really is a good trade for just about everybody. The only people that can come out bad in this trade, in my opinion, are the Nets. And and that's not yeah, and it's not work, likely. It's you know, that yeah. that's and bad is relative in this situation too, because you know, there's if you have the opportunity to put James Harden on your team, there are very few teams in the NBA that should say no to that, you know, and the Nets are not one of them. So uh and so, sure. yeah, I just, I think Could it was be. a good trade all around. I, I, I really think the m- biggest winners in this trade are the Cavaliers, though. I really do. So. Yeah, I mean, for the long term. For, I mean, Jared Allen's good. That's a good pickup for them. They may be able to, I know Ariel, maybe he's right. The Torian Prince is just bad. But I, they may be able to swap him for something later down the road. But, uh, yeah, but to to trade a, what amounts to an early second round pick to, to pick up Jared Allen. I, I think that's a, you know, that worked out quite well for them. So they did a good job with it. Um, but I think the Rockets were smart in kind of, they sort of went the middle path. They go, or maybe you could say they got both sides. They, they, with Oladipo, if, I mean, adding him to the mix, Christian Wood's been really good. PJ Tucker has been really good. John Wall has had, you know, these moments and stuff. They made themselves, Vi- a viable team for the play-in, whether that's seven, eight, nine, ten seed, whatever, they're viable in that now, and they have all those picks. Now, I mean, we have to assume that at least the first couple years of that aren't necessarily that big of a deal. You're mm-hmm. talking about cool. You're adding the 26th pick. That's yeah. not really gonna rock. That's not really gonna send waves or something like that. But, um, but you know that. What's the okay, last year? So of this thing? I, there Is was it, a tweet. I don't. I don't remember the dates exactly, but there was a tweet that basically said that the the 2022 one will be probably pretty low first round, but the 2024 is at the end of Kevin Durant's deal, and at the second to last year of James Harden's deal, and I think it was like Durant's going to be 39 and Harden's going to be 36, you know, or or older. I don't know, but basically they're going to be old and they're going to be handicapping their teams you know, uh, checkbook. And there's a very good chance that those picks could be very, very high. Like it, it, the 2024 sure. and the 2026 one for sure. So, and yeah, if they, I mean, if they don't, and the swaps, like too, I said, like when the swaps when, are going to be real yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Ray just turned 32 years old. He's about 32 and a half. So he's, you know, we're talking, Get four more years down the line. Now he's thirty six. I think Kevin Durant is a guy that can't play basketball until he's forty five. You know, it might have been the opposite. His, his it might have been Harden is thirty nine and Durant's thirty six. I, I don't know if he's thirty. It doesn't matter. I think they're probably both in that that same age range. But you're right. They're going to be past. The, they will be past their prime by that point. And and I don't think that. I think we both agree James Harden is not going to age well. So uh, that's you know you're you're putting a lot of emphasis on. Again, if they win a title. Who cares? This all, you know, it is what it is. You're, you're happy yeah. to give up those picks, even if they turn out to be good picks. It's the same uh, thing we said about no the problem Drew whatsoever. Holiday trade is that if it gets you Giannis and gets you a title, then you then you do it mm-hmm. eight times out mm-hmm. of eight, you know? like, And so that's kind of the same thing here. Like, you know, and everybody was quick to compare it to the Paul George, Kevin Garnett trade, but it's nothing like that. I mean, you're not, you're no. not getting a couple no. of dudes that have just won a title and washed up. Like, you're getting a guy that still has things and is – Still, you know, an effective player and, and and can change your whole team. So that that's a little mm-hmm. short sighted. I mean, yeah, sure. they did give up a ton of picks. That's gonna probably come back and haunt them a little bit, but it's not the same. Yeah. And if they win, it doesn't matter. Yeah. None of this matters if you win a title. So and this in theory gives you an opportunity. I'm very interested to see how the mix works with those three guys. I'm 
I'm, I'm going to take the, I don't, I don't know whether to, I genuinely don't know if, it, if I think it's going to work or not. It's a, there's a lot of questions there. It's just shocking. I, I guess I'll put it this way. It's crazy how many question marks there are for a team that now has something like the, let's say the third best player in the NBA, the seventh best player in the NBA and the, I don't know, 16th best player in the NBA. Like, in an era where there aren't any big threes right now, except for this team. Um, there's more question marks than you would think just based on the personality types and the the way that those guys uh, uh, play basketball and then the ball dominance of them and stuff. And then just every question with <laughs> with Kyrie that we've mm-hmm. already covered. So, yeah, I, I think the Rockets did a good job of getting some value. Would you, let me ask you this, I, we don't even, and, and then we can wrap this up and be, be done with it. The rumor was that the Rockets were asking from Philly for Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibel plus picks. Do you? I guess let's let's go both sides of it. Do you do you like this package that they got from the Nets better than that than that Philly package? And if you're Philly, would you have ultimately would you have done that deal? I think they ended up with a better deal, and but that's mainly because. I don't think if you're getting Ben Simmons and Maxi, you're getting as many picks as they got in this that as they did in this deal. And I also mm-hmm. am more bullish on Ben Simmons than most people are. So I don't okay. think that that's the better deal. And I also don't think that Philly should have made that deal if it makes sense. Um, because okay. that that deal for Philly would be giving up a. a you know, it, I, okay. Well, let me. Sh- I should rephrase that. Philly does that deal a hundred times. You know, because it's James Harden. But I think that that would have been harder to. I think that could have came back and haunt them more than this will come back to haunt the Nets. I guess is what I should say, in the sense of a of a personnel. Because okay. I, I I think it's like I said earlier. I think it's more about the Rockets took the deal with the mass amount of picks that they can set themselves up with, rather than taking a deal where they can still be competitive and still win now. Because I I think they knew even with a Maxi Simmons Thibel, you know, pa- package, you're probably not going to win a top four seed in the West this year and probably not next year either. I don't know. Cause I, again, that's me being more bullish on Bill on Ben Simmons, but I, I think they, 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 for the future, they got the better of the two deals in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Ben Simmons as somebody to build my team around, but I also think there was no chance they were getting, and that's why the deal didn't go through asking for three picks on top of getting a guy who was second team all NBA last year and Thibel and Maxi. If the deal is just, if the deal is Simmons and Thibel or Maxi and no picks, I, and I'm Philly, I do that all day long. If it's, if it's Simmons plus both of those guys, I st- I still think I might do it because I'm not super sold on where I'm going with Ben Simmons and those other two. I think Matisse Thibel is super overrated at this point, and he's a really good defender that is not going to be able to be on the floor because he can't he can't shoot and he doesn't he doesn't really do anything offensively. It's just really hard to to play guys like that. And I think Maxi is, is a good player, but not. Maybe not 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 as good as he looked the other day when there was nobody else <laughs> on the roster and he scored forty points or whatever. But you're not getting a second team All NBA guy plus all these picks to go with it, and that's clearly I I I wonder what the <laughs> maybe this maybe this is conspiracy theorist pettiness, but like I wonder what the price would have been to Philly 
if uh, if Maury wasn't <laughs> the GM there. I wonder if if they would have been willing to to take Simmons, Maxi, and a pick versus you know all of the things and stuff. So I don't yeah, there has but, to there has to be I some of like, that. We're not going to deal this guy to our former guy. Like there had to been some of that. Yeah. I definitely think there was a little bit of like we're asking for all of the things and we're not negotiating. So this is kind of where we we stand. If 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 the guy that left us wants to give us everything, then fine, we'll do it. But we're not going to make it easy on him. So and I don't know. Maybe that's and honestly, four picks plus the pick swaps. I'm a big fan of. I don't love tanking and I, and I I don't love stripping teams down for for no reason, but. I typically think that if you're going to trade your your franchise player that your whole team is built around, I think I typically would would ra- I typically would lean towards the give me all the picks and or young players that I can get versus like what the Spurs did when they traded uh, Kawhi of like yeah give me some guys that'll help me potentially get the seventh yeah, seed totally. or something I'm not I'm not super interested in that. So I, I kind of like what, what, what Houston did getting, getting depot and then getting all those picks, I think is actually a pretty, yeah. a pretty good play. So, all right, man, let's wrap it up there. Thank you so much for being here. Listeners. Thank you for listening to our foolishness. We greatly appreciate your time. I know you have, uh, probably 600,000 NBA podcasts in your feed today because of this move. I'm sure I just saw in their discord that Ariel said that, uh, like everyone's dropping pods right now. So, I'm sure you have tons to listen to. Thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time in the midst of all that. If you like what you heard, tell a friend, bring your basketball buddies around uh, to this little podcast. It helps us so much to carve out a little space in this very cramped market. Um, and uh, leave us a ra- leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past, and we'd like to read those out at the end of the show. We will be back next week with more hot, fresh NBA talk and hopefully no hot, fresh COVID talk. And until then, stay hard, Roddy Rogers. <laughs>